Watershed, all of you who are here in person and online, uh, go ahead and stand and greet each other.
We're going to continue worshiping through song. We invite you to join us as we sing, as we sing about uh, just the many, many ways that we address our Lord. Um, a thousand names.
and all the lost and lonely, all the thieves will come confess and know that you are holy. Will know that you are holy.
this time, we'd also like to invite all the children who are going to go to kids' church or children's worship to follow Lori just to this side over here. We're going to hang out there by the doors for a minute. Hand on over there and have a seat. All right, kiddos, how are you? Morning. Hi. <laughs> Let's pray, okay? God, thank you so much uh, for your love for us. God, we praise you. We say hallelujah. And you know, at this time, we just want to pray for our kids. Lord, we pray that uh, they, as long as all of us, will grow up in the knowledge of your love, your grace, your forgiveness. God, and your kindness towards us. So we pray right now for them as they go and learn about you as we continue to learn about you. God, that you'll work in their hearts, in their minds, and uh, Lord, thank you for all those who are spending time with them and, and teaching them as well. May you be glorified, and uh, again, may they and us know your love more deeply. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, as we continue preparing our hearts for worship um, to receive God's message. We're going to sing one more song, but you may stay seated for this one. When the sea is calm and all is right, when I feel your favor flood my life, in the good, I'll follow you. Even in the good, I'll follow you. When the boat is tossed upon the waves, when I wonder if you'll keep me safe, even in the storms, I'll follow you. Even in the storms, I'll follow you.
Pastor Aaron has to unbase himself, not, not debase yourself, right? Morning. Good to see everybody this cold fall day. Whew, it's here. Will we get summer back next year? No, it's uh, good to see everybody this morning. Uh, last week made mention of the fact that uh, if you want to connect at any point in time, uh, you can text CONNECT to 616-202-1210 uh, if you want prayers for anything. Um, there's just a tiny little form that'll pop up on your phone. Text PRAY to that number uh, if you want to give. It's an easy way uh, to give as well. Um, and again, thank you as you continue to support the ministries here. Uh, another way that we can give, uh, we have boxes at the doors and out by the tables. So if that's a way you want to be able to continue to contribute to God's mission here through Watershed, through Heart Awake, uh, that's an opportunity as well. One other opportunity you have to give is through Kids Hope. Um, I know that many of you are familiar, but if you're not familiar, uh, Kids Hope has been a great program. As it says, one child, one hour per week. It's an opportunity to spend time with a child, help them with some homework, play some games together, just spend an hour building relationships, have the opportunity to do that multiple times, multiple kids, um, and wouldn't trade it for the world. It, it, those moments that I had and have had have been gifts. So if you have an hour during the week, uh, contact uh, Dawn Housecamp. Her email is there, dawn at heartawake.com. You can also call into the office as well, um, but that's another opportunity we can give of the gifts that God has given us, uh, that being time. And so with that, let's uh, go to God again in prayer. God, thank you again for your goodness to us. Thank you that, um, Lord, as we say, I will follow you, we have the faithfulness of you with us, always. You, God, you always have our back. It doesn't mean you always agree with the things we do. It doesn't mean you're always approving of everything that we put our hearts, our minds, our attention to. But you have us, and you're constantly trying to bring us back into relationship with you. And as we're going to hear today, God, you want to pour your life out through us in this world. And so, Lord, I, I just pray that we would continue to be people who find ourselves in you, in your forgiveness, in your unearned, unmerited favor, your grace, in the kindness and your mercy, Lord, um, that you extend to us every day, the compassion you hold to us, your presence with us. Lord, help us to be more attentive uh, to you. God, as we uh, think just about the Heart of White community this morning and being able to worship on this campus uh, as, as one community watershed, but one larger community of Heart of White. We pray, God, for um, celebration as they're kind of wrapping things up and as, as, as Pastor Bill has shared the message uh, there and Lord is, is be worshiping in fusion as we worship together in Watershed. God, I, I pray that God, your word would go out through songs, through prayers, through your scriptures, through the words that Bill and I share this morning. God, through the way we interact with each other. The message that's preached isn't the only message that we hear and see and experience. We hear and see and experience your message as we talk to one another, as we try to make each other feel welcome. Lord, as we share a smile, a word of encouragement, maybe offer a prayer, or just listen. God, may we be a living uh, message to you on this campus so that as we leave this place, God, we can live and share your goodness with others and with a world that needs it. God, thank you for not leaving our world, not leaving our community to itself, and for choosing to work in and through us and in miraculous ways. 
Lord, we think throughout um, our community-wide, our society, the issues that continue to divide, Lord, things that are social and economic divisions, things that are divisions even within faith, and, and, and we see divisions within your church. We see divisions in, Lord, just the inability of people to have common decency. God, these are just some of the multitudes of ways that people are being torn apart. And God, we contribute to those divisions as well. And so forgive us and heal us. Heal this country, heal our land, heal our world, heal our hearts. Oh God, as we come into your word this morning and pray, Lord, for me, just that I'd be able to speak. That I'll speak what you once said, not what I once said. That you'll get rid of anything that doesn't need to be there, that isn't of you, and that, Lord, you will work in each of our hearts. The promise of your presence, your spirit is in each and every one of us, and you'll, you'll speak what each of us needs to hear. So, Holy Spirit, that's what I pray this morning, that you speak what each of us needs to hear. Transform our hearts and our minds and our lives in you, Christ Jesus. And all God's children said, amen. So this morning, we're finishing up a series, Who Are We?, where we have journeyed through as a Heart-O-Like community, um, a mission and a working vision. Let me just pull that up for us. Uh, the mission that we have here is to reach the lakeshore and beyond with the gospel, the good news of God's grace in Jesus Christ. Like I said last week, I've been saying throughout the weeks, we're about Jesus here. We want to be about Jesus. Uh, that He's our Lord. He's our Savior. And we, we believe that he is the Lord and Savior for every person that walks this planet. Okay, that everyone was created in and through Jesus. Everyone gets their life in and through him, whether they know it or not. And everyone has had the redemption possible in the cross and available to them. Now, not everyone knows it yet. And that's why our working vision is to see everyone joining in the journey of being found in, formed by, following Jesus. So week one, uh, just where have we been, God's, we, we talked about this, that God's grace, that gospel, is new life in Christ, right? That it's for everyone, right? There's not a nook or cranny that God hasn't been trying to save and work in in his creation. God wants to, what we call, redeem, to take back his creation from sin and from Satan, from the works of evil, that we perpetuate from the things we do accidentally and unintentionally. But God's grace, the gospel, is for everyone. And then the second week, we talked about how we join in this journey through faith. That faith is itself a gift of God. The ability to, to know God, to believe in God, is faith. But faith is a conduit for the reality of God to be real in and through us. The third week, though, we recognize and we talk about how faith and our new life in Christ, right, it, it's, it's a journey. This doesn't happen overnight. While, yes, in Christ, I am fully, like, pure and holy, and I am fully saved. I have nothing to fear in Jesus Christ, right? That's our anchor. That's our solid foundation. That's our assurance. We have what's called in our tradition, in the Reformed tradition, the perseverance of the saints, and that's this, if we're anchored in Jesus, we have nothing to fear. He has and will have us always. However, though, the new life that he has bought for us and gifted to us, learning that, having that come into us is a journey, isn't it? And faith as well is a journey. I don't know about you, I still have questions today. I still read passages I've never read before, even though I've read the whole Bible, I don't know how many times, right? Like, I read it in different languages, and I still find things that I don't know, and I wonder, I still have moments where I doubt and I question. But we have a good God who's always holding us, and I can go to him, and I can talk with him, right? We can continue to learn and grow. It's a journey. And then we talked about our identity, to be found in Jesus. That's our identity. It's our core identity. 
While we have many other things that define us and describe our lives, many other things that we, we may say, you know, hey, I'm up here and I'm, I'm a male, right? Okay, that's, that's part of who I am. However, my identity in Christ goes deeper. That who I am in Jesus then defines all the other definitions. That my location in him, the one definition amidst the multitudes and millions is God's grace. Right? He says, you're my child, whom I love, with whom I'm well pleased because of Jesus. That's our core identity. And from that core identity then, we let God work out all the other multitudes of identities, descriptions, and locations in which we live. That's to be found in him. And last week we talked then about how not only, again, we have this new life in us, but to be formed by Jesus means to let that new life continue to take root in us as we go, as we live. I am fully new in Jesus Christ. However, you don't see that newness. I don't experience that newness each and every day. And so I need the Holy Spirit to help make me new, to make that reality real. And today, we're, we're finishing up this series by talking about simply this, following Jesus, walking with God. How does our walk look in the world? How do we show up in the world that God has placed us? Because if God has simply just put us in this world to one day save us and have nothing to do with the world, we have a pretty boring life. And by the way, it really wouldn't be biblical, <laughs> Because God created humanity to work alongside of him. To, it, it, way back, Genesis 1, Adam and Eve, right? In Genesis 1, 2, and 3, they were created to be co-laborers with God. They were given God's image in order to join with God in his work in the world. We have, we have a holy, we're going to hear this in a little while, we have a holy place in this world as God's people in Jesus Christ. As new life is worked in and through us, that new life is to pour out in and through this world. So our lingering question today is, what's our walk look like? How are we showing up? As we've been throughout this series, we've been in Ephesians 2, verses 1 to 10. If you've been trying to memorize this passage, kudos to you. I always, I don't know about you, I struggle with memorizing. <laughs> like, I get the concepts and things like that. But, but again, the reality in, in, in offering this passage is something to memorize. Isn't about, can you get every word right and can you take the test and you're all good and woo, now God has a little star for you. No. The reality is, have we committed the message of these verses to our heart? Right? Do we understand God's gospel in our, in our minds? Because if we've let it come into our hearts and our minds, it transforms our lives and how we walk. So let's hear about that walk again in Ephesians 1, starting, or Ephesians 2, starting in verse 1. Let's listen to God's word for us this morning. As for you, Paul says, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live. Another way that when we hear live this morning, we can hear walk. Which you used to live and in which you used to walk around when you followed the ways of the world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. See, all of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh, following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It's by God's grace, right? His unmerited favor, his unearned love. It's by God's grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it's by grace that you've been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourself, it's a gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast, for we're God's handiwork. That's what we talked about last week. We're God's creation. Today, created in Christ Jesus to do what? To do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You're God's handiwork created in Christ 
Jesus to do good works which God has prepared in advance for us to do. So imagine this, that God has this storehouse full of good that he's waiting to pour out into the world and he's waiting to use you and I to do that. That we don't have a place where we just sit back and sit on our hands. No, God has prepared not only to save his world but to pour out his goodness not only to us but through us in the world. Right? And that isn't to earn his favor because what did we just hear? We, we're not saved by works. We're not saved about, by how good we are at doing those good things. No, salvation comes in him. New life comes from him. That's his free gift without any iota of our ability. We simply believe it. And even the ability to believe faith is a gift of God. We again get to simply participate and doling out God's goodness to the world. See, because God isn't just for us and in us. He wants to work through us because he is for and in the world. Right? God loves us and loves his world. He wants to rescue it as much as he has wanted to rescue you. As much as we've been stuck, that's why everyone's in the same boat. As I've been saying throughout this whole series, right, we are all in the same boat. And if you want to get out of the boat where Jesus came into, we're not going, he ain't going with us. We're just taking the death with us, right? We're just taking the junk with us. However, when we stay in the boat with Christ, he brings rescue and new life. And by the way, it's for everyone. God wants his world to be restored. God wants his world to be redeemed because just like us who have been caught in Satan's schemes, just like us who have who've experienced brokenness, who prove it each day by how we act and behave, prove it each day by the things we do on purpose and do accidentally, that we experience it each day based on other people's junk, right? God, is, is, his deepest desire is to rescue the world. And in and once we know that rescue, to use us and work that out through us. Ephesians 1, Paul starts the letter and he just says this, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. As you'll see accented on the screen, right? To God's holy people. God always... Uh, set us apart, as I mentioned just before, that we are God's creation. We were created to be co-laborers. To be holy means that we were set apart for service to God. The word holy in Scripture means that God has set us aside to work his purposes out in the world. Paul starts the whole letter saying, you're God's holy people. So not only do we have a standing as God's holy people, but we have a work, a commission a way of living as God's holy people. It says this in Ephesians 3, 10 to 11. His, God's intent, was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Right? God's intent God's purpose, Paul says in, the, in, the, in his letter to Ephesians, is that through the church, through people who take on his name, that we make known the manifold wisdom of God, which Paul will go back and say, simply put, that's God's grace in this world. That's the new life we've received. That's our commission. That's our call. In the beginning, we were to co-labor with God because sin messed that up. It was then God had to rescue us, and now he has to not only fix the world, but he, he needs us to work with him in the world to bring that new life, to share it. Do we know that? Do we understand that this morning? Or is salvation just kind of a me, myself, and I thing? Because Paul says, no, it's not just a you, yourself, and I. It's an us thing. We're called as individuals into God's missions, but we're called as a church as well to sh continue to share his life, to share that newness with the world around us. When we live, though, here's another bit of good news, when we live into God's new life, so, so when I'm, like last week, when I'm being formed 
by the Holy Spirit, when we live into God's new life, we can't help but share that new life with others because we are different. Okay? You you following me here? That that when I live into God's newness in me, I, I become a different person. So when I'm a different person, I show up in the world differently. Right, so, so when I get rid of anger, malice, rage, slander, right, those things that we talked about last week, and I start to put on things like compassion, kindness, and goodness, you think people will see difference in us? You think we'll show up differently? Paul writes this in Ephesians 5, For you were once darkness, but now you're light in the Lord. So live as children of light, for the fruit of light consists in what? All goodness, rightness, righteousness, and truth. Right? We, when we live in the life of Christ, there's goodness and rightness and truth that's going to blossom and flow through us. It's going to be fruit that God produces in our lives for the sake of the world. And again, that we participate in, but his fruit will live and grow in us. Paul reminds us again, and find out what pleases the Lord. Right? Part of my job is continue to find out what are the things that God wants so that fruit can live in me and through me for others. It says this, then uh, just before, in the, at the end of chapter 4, be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Follow God's example, right? We don't get off the hook just because we're saved. We don't get to just willy-nilly. I was like, do I, am I really going to say willy-nilly? Yep, yep, I'm going <laughs> to. Free for all, willy-nilly life, right? That isn't, no, we still have a call to follow God's example. Are we going to do that perfectly? No. Are we going to do that, though, so that we can check off the boxes and God's happy? No, that's not the idea either. It's letting and living in the new life God has given us to work through us as well. So be compassionate to one another. Forgive each other. Right? That that there assumes we're going to make mistakes. And part of our message in the world is forgiveness. Not continuing to swing a big stick to cancel you the minute we find out something you did was wrong. Right? To forgive one another. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, right? That's our identity. We are children of God because of Jesus Christ. And walk in the way of love. Right? And the love here is not walk in a, in a way of all flowers and rose petals I feel towards you. Yay! No, it's a radical commitment to this world and to others. It's a faithful love. It's the kind of love that God shows to us, not always because he's, oh, I love my children. No, sometimes we get a little frustrated with our children, amen? Right? Sometimes we get a little frustrated with our friends, amen? Right? You, don't have to give, you don't have to have kids to be frustrated with people. Anybody ever just get frustrated with people, right? <laughs> right? There's not one of us who doesn't get bothered, right? We don't always feel that way. God doesn't always feel that way, but we're committed, We're not going to let the world go because God doesn't let the world go and he's radically faithful to it. And will we be radically faithful to it? That's a way of love. Always pursuing the newness of life instead of contributing chaos and more death. It's not walking around in this willy-nilly, woo-hoo-ha. No, it's in a radical commitment to sacrifice for one another. Right? Let's listen again. What's Paul saying? Walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and did what? Gave himself up for us as a fragrant fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. His love was sacrificial. It cost him. I'll tell you this, to to live into that old life, to, to, let me say, to step away from the old life. Let me be clear. To live in the new life, to step away from the old is hard. Right? There's all kinds of opportunities when we participate with the Spirit and God's work in the world. But it is hard. The opportunities arise if we read all of Ephesians. Maybe you've been reading a chapter a week uh, along with me. This week's going to be chapter 6, so dive into chapter 6. 
uh, we have a lingering reading coming. But if you've been reading along, we'll see this. Paul never says, this is exactly how you serve God in the world. Because he's more concerned about how we show up in the world because our moments are every opportunity. You got an opportunity right now to witness to the new life of Christ and and how you listen, how how you are to one another. That's an opportunity to extend God's grace and new life in the world. How we show up as a community together on Sunday morning is an opportunity to give new life, to let God's new life flow through us, not just in us. And when you leave here, you got an opportunity when you sit around your dinner tables or if you go out to eat, if you, if you hang out with your neighbors, right? if you jump on a motorcycle and go for a ride, if you go hang out at, at soccer fields, and I don't know if soccer's still going, but it might be. <laughs> yeah, I got the nod. <laughs> Right, Every, our, our life is full of opportunities for God's new life. That's why Paul doesn't go, here, let me give you the list, because there is no such thing as a list. Where we are at is an opportunity. But how we show up, right, that's what Paul's concerned about. That's what I'm concerned about this morning. How are we showing up in the moments, in the opportunities? Because it is hard. Right, Paul reminds us, he says this in Ephesians 5, 11 to 17 have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. Hard, anyone? Have nothing to do, <laughs> right? I, I, I don't even know if I have things to do with the deeds of darkness, right? <laughs> like there are things I don't know that I don't know, right? There are things that I'm a part of I don't even realize. So have nothing to do with the deeds. Of, this is tough. And then this, but rather expose them. How many of you like exposing the darkness, and not only in your own life, but in the lives of others too? Well, yeah, this, that's going to be fun. Right? So it's shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed, listen to this though, this is good news. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. Right? If the darkness doesn't get illumined, the light doesn't come and doesn't have a chance. But if it does and the light breaks in, it has an opportunity to, to have light in life. Right? To, 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 to acknowledge the darkness. To acknowledge the sin, whether it's in our lives or with others. And our friends, and I'm not, remember, God said we, we walk in love, we walk in faithfulness, we walk in forgiveness. So it doesn't mean we get to just show up as a jerk and point out everybody's sin. Uh-uh, how's that work for you? right? I don't like if somebody does it to me. I know he ain't going to like it if somebody does it to you. And I know you ain't going to like it this morning if I just start going, well, this is what you need. <laughs> right? But, but it is acknowledging it. it. It is walking with friends through it. It is having tough conversations sometimes with people who know us, love us, respect us. It is diving into the mess because we dive into the mess so it can shine in God's light and God's light and life can come. Paul continues by quoting the Old Testament. He says this, this is why it said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ's light will shine on you. God's intent is always new life for us and for the world that he loves. Continues in verse 15, be very careful then how you live, right? And again, the word live is walk. That's hard. This isn't easy. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of what? Every opportunity. I don't make the most of every opportunity. Sometimes I just skate on by and the moments pass. Paul reminds us to make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And understanding God's will is a challenge. Because we don't always understand everything that we, we read in this book, in the Bible, in the scriptures. We don't always, you probably definitely don't understand every word that I'm saying. <laughs> right? There are moments where we don't understand the questions we have. It's a challenge to walk. However, when we walk in the light, there is new life. And that light does shine. And this is why Paul reminds us to pray. Pray for each other. 
Pray in the Spirit, he says in in Ephesians 6, verse 18. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Just certain kinds of prayers and requests? No, all kinds of prayers and requests. Our God is generous in what he listens to us say. What's on our heart, what what we know how to put into words and what we don't. So with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Because we know this is hard to live as witnesses for Christ, to let his life flow through us. We know it's, it's hard to let the new life come in us. I like the old clothes. New clothes aren't, aren't broken in yet. But pray for all the Lord's people. And then he says this, pray for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. Right? That, that's the good news of Christ. For which I am what? An ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. We need prayer. We need God's help. We're called to be his representatives in this world. We're called to be an ambassador for him. Pastor Corey is going to be here next week and he's going to talk more about just what does it mean to be an ambassador of peace, an ambassador of God's shalom. And, and so I'm not going to steal his thunder. I'll let him preach his message next week. Right? But we've been called as co-laborers with, with God. We've been called and gifted in image in Christ and by God to, to represent him in this world. Will we? Will we let his new life flow, not be just for us, not just be in us, but flow through us? So the first question that I just want to leave you today, how, how, how we show up and what we do in the world matters. And I want to know for you, why? Why is this important? Because right now we have a culture that doesn't bother to ask or answer this question at all. Doesn't give a rip how it shows up in the world. That's what happens when we have a radically individualistic culture where I am my own God. I do what I want, I say what I want, I show up how I want. But how's that working for you? Because God has something different in store. Second question then, where are you facing challenges? Because we do, right? That's, that's hard to answer that first question. I know I don't always show up well. I know I don't always represent God well. So how are you being challenged? As you're living for him and and walking, as you're serving, as you're supposed to be God's holy people, what what challenge are you facing? Is it something that's inside of you? Is it some darkness that you you haven't been able to shed? Is it something that continues to trip you up and get you stuck? Right? Because God still wants to, again, the good news is work his new life in you in order to work it through you. But sometimes it's got to work in us first. Maybe we're not there. But maybe the challenge is a perspective out in the world that, man, it just, it, let's just be honest, it pisses me off, right? Any of you ever got some of that? Right, you see it and it just, right? it makes you go into Hulk mode, you get all green and you're ready to bring Thor's like hammer, right? Like, we all have it. What challenges, though, today are you facing in representing Christ and living for him and serving him? And then finally, what opportunities? Right? If our life is full of opportunities, if our moments are opportunities, what are the opportunities that God is placing in front of you to share his new life with others? I don't, again, know what that new life is. Maybe it's choosing to be kind and patient in a moment where you don't have to, merciful. Maybe it's understanding someone that you haven't taken the time to hear their story And so to understand their perspective. Maybe their perspective, because this happens a lot in our culture, there is a a major understanding, it's more than ever before, that the story of Christians are everything from we are bigots, we are exclusive, we are, and, and while that is true for some people's lives, there's plenty of hurt and burn that the church has created in this world. Amen? Right, but we're not going to let and help people heal by being defensive and not listening. We're going to help people heal by listening and understanding. 
And even though it may not have been me doing it, maybe it wasn't, I, I didn't have a part of it, I do represent the thing that did it to them, whether I like it or not. And so how I show up with them and how I'm patient with them and how I walk with them, because, right, faith is a journey. And growing into the new life is a journey. That maybe it's just going to take time and maybe it's going to see that they're going to need one person who's going to be, uh, but, but it's an uphill battle. Because if their mental model is the church is this, you're fighting a battle that we can't possibly win. Only God can. But God can and will win that battle when we continue to, to let his life flow through us. When we ask for forgiveness for making mistakes when we're honest about how we live and not try to paint a pretty picture of ourselves that's fake and false. When we extend forgiveness and ask for it, when we're committed to them and allow them to be committed to us. Right? What are the opportunities that God has for you? I want to end this morning with a, uh, a poem by St. Teresa of Avila. She was Spanish, uh, Spanish sister in, uh, in the 1500s. Uh, she got uh, then um, promoted. Uh, that, I'm, that, that's just the everyday, ordinary language, okay? She got promoted to sainthood. So <laughs> but uh, one of the, her poems I, I love, and I think it's a great reminder for us today, um, is found in these words. So hear these words. Christ has no body but yours. No hands, no feet on earth, but yours. Right? Yours are the eyes with which he looks compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands with which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands. Yours are the feet. Yours are the eyes. You are his body. Christ has no body now but yours, no hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks compassion on this world. Christ has no body now on earth but yours. Let's pray. God, we know that you have ascended and are on your throne. You are alive and well. But you are sitting on your throne in your realm, in heaven. And so God, as you are in heaven and we are on earth, you call us and invite us to represent you, to be your hands and your feet. So God, we pray that we'd be able to do that well. That again, we would know your new life that we would experience that new life, that we would experience that, that amazing grace that has rescued us, that forgiveness that has been gifted to us so that we can begin to walk in the new that you've blessed us with. But Lord, this morning we're reminded that you want us, you've given that life to everyone. And you're waiting for everyone to experience that and see that. And you choose to use us to bring that. So Lord, help us do it. Help us in how we show up in this world and in and how we live, how we walk. Thank you that when we don't do it perfectly, you offer us grace and forgiveness. And thank you that when we do do it well, that you've been the one empowering us. Thank you that you give us words to speak when we don't know what to say, answers for questions we never knew existed, and sometimes the ability to shut our mouths and listen when the person sitting across the table from us just needs somebody to care. So Lord, help us to be intentional about the opportunities, aware of what you're doing, how you're working, how you want to use us in this life. God, we praise you, we honor you, and again, thank you for life in Jesus. And all God's children said, we invite you to stand as we close our service with song.
Travel 
this week. Receive this blessing as you let God's life live through you. Remember, he's the one working. So the Lord, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his hand, his, let me start that over. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance, right, his peace, his smile upon you and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, may all God's people say, amen. Go in peace.